Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out the Ringerverse, and more specifically, shout out to the House of R podcast with Mallory Rubin and Joanna Robinson. They go deep on all things Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Go check that out. If you haven't seen the film, go check it out. A lot of tears are going to be flowing down your face. It's a fun one. They're great. They have the patented deep dives, like I said. Also, shout out to Van Lathan, who does a great job on the Ringerverse. It is a great podcast for all things pop culture. Go check it out now. And now, let's get into One Shining Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we have one of my favorite people working in media today. He is, of course, Kenny the Jet Smith from Inside the NBA. I call him the common sense of Inside the NBA. He's also um, someone that has experienced pretty much every, uh, you know, has pretty much experienced everything you can imagine in basketball, whether it be from a player, whether it be from, you know, someone that's in the media, whether it be just be a confidant for some of these young players. Kenny Smith is got his hands in all the cookie jars. He's making things happen. And he was gracious enough to come on the show, sh share some stories from his new book, which I sat down and read yesterday. I read a book. So, uh, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back too hard, but it happened. I did it. Um, and Kenny Smith comes on, shares some great stories. Excited to have him do that. Also, at the top of the show, I'm going to talk about something that's happening in the NBA. I mentioned on the last episode, Adam Silver being the good guy. Well, we got some more news coming out of that. Mr. K is back, folks. A lot of conversations happening. I'm excited to talk about it. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, rest in peace to Denny Crum, the great Louisville coach. We'll talk about that as well. We'll do some shout-outs at the end. Uh, Kyle, anything else before we get into this? I'm about to disappear for a week, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, welcome back into One Shining Podcast. I am sitting here in Spotify's, you know, illustrious studio, and I'm sitting across from producer Kyle. Yeah. And we got a jam-packed show today, Kyle. We got Kenny the Jet Smith's going to come on. His new book came out. I spent yesterday reading this book. I, I actually took the time out to read this book. I think I might be the first person ever in a PR tour to read the book before the interview. Cover to cover, yeah. Uh, cover to cover. And and I'm I'm diving in. I'm having a great time. And then I followed that up by watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It was the most ringer content day I think I've ever had <laughs> in my entire life. You know what I mean? A lot of people uh, talk about what do you do when you're not recording? Well, I read books sent to me by PR teams, and I go to the movies to get prepared for Mallory Rubin. But... It was a great time, um, a great conversation ahead with Kenny the Jet Smith. We'll talk about that. We'll come out. We'll do some shout outs on the other side. But before we get to the Jet, I got to talk about something that's in the headlines because as you remember on our show with Kyle Mann on Monday, we talked about the good guy and his name was Adam Silver. And I talked about the NBA and the problems in the NBA. I talked about flopping. I talked about, you know, charges and, and why they're so prevalent in the game. And I said it went all the way to the top because the guy himself, Adam Silver, is a Duke guy, and he is thinking that he's doing the right thing, but the right thing is actually the wrong thing based on his indoctrination. The NBA obviously heard me. Similar to Nike, they have decided to double down, Kyle. It's official. Coach K, 
or the artist formerly known as Coach K, a.k.a. Mr. K, is now Special Advisor K, or Special K, as we're calling him. He is now going to be uh, an advisor, a special advisor to basketball operations in the NBA. This is not a joke. Um, <laughs> Couldn't this be is, more perfect. This is not a pun. This yeah. is nothing like that. This is reality. The NBA says we are who we said we were. We are going to be a Duke, you know, extension of the brand, right, at this point. And he is going to come in. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will ask the simple question, what will Coach K do in the NBA? According to the NBA, they said he will provide counsel to the league office, um, more flopping to come, more charges to come. Um, he's also going to counsel NBA team executives, a.k.a. why is J.J. Reddick getting a coaching position or an interview to be the Toronto Raptors head coach? <laughs> uh, okay, Special K on, on the job, making it happen. Um, and also, he's going to help other league leaders. And it starts at the NBA general managers meeting uh, next week in Chicago. Of course, Coach K is a son of Chicago. He is a uh, a big Chicago guy. And uh, the draft combine will also take place there. So Mr. K is going to be at the combine. He's going to be talking to general managers. And he's going to have his hand in the cookie jar of the NBA. And I know a lot of people right now are probably wondering, um, what will this look like? I think it looks like more of the same, Kyle. I, I just think, like I said before, more flops, um, more just over the top, overt, obvious, you know, uh, trying to placate the stars. I mean, I guess this is what the NBA has kind of done in general. But to me, the big, the big talking point, the thing that's really going to break my brain and also break the listeners' hearts, what happens to the radio show? Um because Coach K he told us, uh, and I have a quote from a few weeks ago, he said, I think we're having our best year yet because I'm able to think deeper into what I want and what would be interesting to ask. Not only do I do it from a coach's perspective, but also from a fan's perspective. Um, Coach K, obviously, big fan of the game, loves the game, uh, has been really working to sharpen his uh, interviewing skills. Um, and as someone that does this for his job, I was impressed with the radio show. And so much so, Kyle, I mentioned to you, and shout out to our uh, great talent booker, Allison, I wanted Kay on the show. And, you know, it, obviously there are times where the bit is a little exaggerated, a little hyperbolic, but at the end of the day, I've talked to Mr. K, or, or Coach K at the time. I've talked to Coach K um, face-to-face. He said that he heard that I did an impression of him. I said someone lied to him. Of course, that's not true. Um, no, I'm kidding. I told him I did. And it wasn't my best. Um, it wasn't the best impression, but I think he found it funny because look, the reality of the situation is when you're that high up, when you are um, that much of a deity in life, you don't have many people that come at you, right? You have a lot of yes men around you. Everyone laughs at your jokes. Um, you know, I mean, Bill deals with this, right? I mean, Bill is in a world where, I mean, it's good for content to go on Bill Simmons podcast or it's good for your career. And, you know, Bill can say whatever and you're probably going to laugh and, you know, have a good time with it. But sometimes when you push back a little bit, like, you know, if I said to Bill, I don't know if Larry Bird's in the top five all time anymore. He's like, whoa, let's talk about it, you know, and then they get you fired up. And that's how Mr. K is um, a little bit. I'm worried about Adam Silver. I know he was a good guy of the week and, you know, I didn't know that this was going to happen. Uh, some people were tweeting at me saying you did the good guy of the week knowing what was he- what was ahead with Mr. K. I, I like to take credit for scoops. I really do. I will stick my neck out and take all the credit that I need to. But in this in this instance, this was just... I don't want to compare it to Harry Potter and Voldemort, but I think I'm going to have to. What about uh, what about uh, Anakin and uh, Senator Palpatine? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Spend a little too much time together. Right. Then, then out comes the Emperor. And you think that you... I mean, I like to view myself as a Jedi, but if the Sith come after me and they start yielding all types of power... You're Mace Windu. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm worried. I, I'm worried for my own sake. Um, it sounds like the NBA just said "fuck Tate Frazier." I, I think they did. I think they you came, did. You I, went up their partner, and they're like, "Oh, we got one for you." Well, look, we got <laughs> Kenny Smith perfect. coming on. I I wanted to ask him about Duke. He didn't even say Duke. He said the school in Durham, which is uh, something that I appreciated yeah, as a great. Carolina guy myself. But I do think Kyle that I have, um, you know. When you dabble in the dark arts, you know, I, I know like every defense of the dark arts teacher 
seemingly had some sort of like actual connection to the dark arts, which I was, I was waiting for someone like Dumbledore, figure it out. Like, obviously there's something going on here other than Mad-Eye Moody. Everyone's got some problems. Um, I think I've been dabbling in the dark arts for too long and I kind of know what to expect from Kay and from Duke at this point. So when this news came out, I don't know what it was. Something hit me on Monday to, to label Adam Silver as the good guy. And now we have a situation where Mr. K is going to be everywhere. He is going to be <laughs> on the sidelines. He's going to be trying to correct Pat Riley. He's going to be trying to correct Jerry West. I mean, this guy has never coached in the NBA ever. And now he's a special advisor to the entire league, which brings me to my next point. If you were looking to be a special advisor of anything, wouldn't you be the special advisor to the NCAA? Why didn't they ask? I mean, and maybe the answer is simple. The NCAA is dumb and, and they don't want to ask Mr. K to come in and make things happen for them. And look, I'm not going to defend the NCAA, but maybe it was a good decision there for once. Maybe, maybe that's something I can get down for. But the NBA says we want K. We want it to happen. Um, and you know, this leads me to another story because, you know, Kay's going to be in Chicago, like I said, for the general managers meeting. And one of the talking points today has been his connection to USA basketball. He's coached LeBron. He's coached Kobe. He's coached Dwayne Wade. He's coached all these guys. Right. Um, and that's why he's going to be so great for this role. I have to point out that when coach K actually got the job back in 2005 to be the head coach of USA basketball. Do we know how that happened, right? This is a, it's a rhetorical question because I'm going to tell you how it happened. There was a meeting called in Chicago at the time, and it was led by the great Jerry Colangelo. And as much as I joke about, you know, Mr. K uh, running things and Duke being at the top of the food chain, there's really one man who's at the top of the basketball food chain, and he has been for quite some time. And his name is Jerry Colangelo. He wore number 23 at Illinois a long time ago. He's the one that runs USA Basketball. And in 2005, in Chicago, he had this meeting uh, of the of the great basketball minds. So any great basketball player, coach you can think of was pretty much called in by Colangelo. Um, you know, he brought in the likes of Larry Brown, you know, the only coach to win a college championship and an NBA championship. He brought in Larry Bird. He brought in, I mean, all the heavy hitters you can imagine, right? Um, he also brought in Dean Smith. And we're going to talk to Kenny, the Jet Smith. I asked him about Dean Smith and his recruitment, but he brought in Dean Smith to this meeting. And the whole question was simple. How do we fix USA basketball, right? USA basketball was just embarrassed in 04. Um, there was a lot of issues about the roster construction. Larry Brown uh, famously did not want LeBron James on the team. He did not want Dwayne Wade on the team. He did not want Carmelo Anthony on the team, um, which those three guys turned out to be pretty good players, Kyle. Um, but he did not want any of them on the team. It was coming off uh, September 11, 2001. So a lot of guys like Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, they were worried about national security. They didn't want to go be on a boat, um, the, the, the Queen St. Mary or whatever boat that they were on. They, they weren't even on land. They were just surrounded by, um, you know, the U.S. military while they're in, in, you know, the Olympic setting. So they didn't even get to go to Olympic Village, all this sort of stuff, right? It was, it was a mess. Tim Duncan and Allen Iverson as captains. Turns out that doesn't really work when those guys are the complete opposites. <laughs> we all saw how it played out, right? But anyways, they have this meeting. They have everybody there. And Jerry Colangelo is, is kind of holding court, and he's asking everyone around the room, who can we bring in that can connect with these guys? How do we reach these kids? You know what I mean? That, that was the crux of the conversation. And Dean Smith, the great Dean Smith, North Carolina legendary head coach. His rival, obviously, is Mr. K, Coach K at the time. Um, and Dean Smith, apparently, by by all accounts, um, and the account I have is told to me by Jerry Colangelo, so I have to assume it's true. Apparently, Dean Smith floated that the only and best option would be Mike Krzyzewski. He would have to be the coach that would step up and lead Team USA. Uh, Dean Smith said he has the right demeanor. He has the ability to reach these kids. And he also can speak to the college and the professional experience because Coach K had interviewed for the Lakers job at one point. Um, so did Dean Smith. So did a lot of coaches. But, of course, Mr. K leaked it to the public, so we all know it. But in that moment in time, a rival now is on the same side of the fence, right? We're, we're, we're pulling and we're rowing in the same direction. Obviously, Coach K takes the job becomes the head coach of USA Basketball. His record ends up being 88-1. and one. He wins three gold medals. 
He gets no gold medals because the coaches don't get gold medals, but he helped lead the team to three gold medals. Um, and the rest is history. And I tell you this story because I think it, you know, kind of showcases one thing. USA basketball is above everything else. And right now we have a, we have a conversation that's being had. Are we still top dog? Are we still number one? And the NBA is dealing with FIBA. We're dealing with the fact that, uh, Potentially the top five players in the league are all international guys. We're also dealing with the fact that Wimbenyama, as BJ Armstrong and I discussed a few weeks ago, he's coming and he's going to be different. And USA Basketball, we're going to have a real conversation. Uh, we're going to have a dialogue very soon about whether we are we are them ones. Are, are we he? We don't know. We're, we're still not sure. And I think the NBA is doubling down now with the Duke way with the K-way, and they're saying, this is our way. This and is how we play. This is the brotherhood. And I'm not sure that the brotherhood is the way to win. <laughs> um, look at Jason Tatum. I mean, right? Like, what What do we just see in game five? I'm not sure. And I understand why, why we have to do this, because look, if this is the right way to you, you say this is the right way. This is how we play. But FIBA's coming. The rest of the world is coming. And I think right now we're kind of batting down the hatches and we're saying, let's run it back. Let's let Coach K do it again. And I think it's a lot to ask of Mr. K. I feel very similar to how I feel about LeBron James in the sense that how can we still be putting all of this on his shoulders? How? Why? We can't. We, it's not fair to him. It's not fair to Mr. K to say, come save the NBA especially when the, the the crux of the conversation is how do we get rid of flopping? How do we get rid of all these, you know, guys trying to game the game? This is the ultimate gamer. This man has gamed the game so much that we forgot what the game even looks like. Um, and I don't know, Kyle. I'm, I'm just, I saw this news before we got in the studio. I was a little heated. I think I was on to something with the good guy of the year with Adam Silver. This might be, this might be a move that that is remembered um, in the future as the beginning of the end, or or it's the move that saves the day. I'm not sure which one, but we're right there on the turnstile. I don't know which way it's going to spin, Kyle, but I'm a little worried. I'm concerned. Do I press the panic button? Not yet. Maybe. I gotta say, um, I said this before, but like you know, it's you wish you knew when the good times were happening when they were happening, right? Andy and, Bernard, and this and this made me feel a similar sort of tickle. Like when the FBI stuff came to fruition and they mm. said there was wiretaps and just, it's not the same, but I remember it's a similar smell. Right. And I really like how much it's got you going. And I just think it's perfect, the timing of, of it all. So I think uh, we're off to a great, great off season. Because what does the K stand for? Content. <laughs> what does it stand for? You know what I mean? You can't spell content without K. We remember the the farewell tour where they spelled a bunch of words that don't have K in it and said you can't, you can't spell it without K. I still don't understand the campaign, but I do have to respect it at some level. I know this. You can't spell Nike without K. And Nike is involved at the highest level. Coach K is obviously going to be involved at the highest level with Nike and the NBA. And look, the show begins. It just starts now. Um, you know, this is going to be his curtain call, spelled with two Ks. Um, let's hope he doesn't add a third one in there. Um, but in general, uh, this is going to be a show. And this is a show to cover it, right? A lot of people are going to be afraid of this, Kyle. They don't want to talk about it because we're supposed to kiss the ring. We're supposed to follow, you know, orders. We're supposed to, you know, have our due diligence and respect our elders. We do have respect, but we also have questions. Um, and we have to ask those questions on this show. That's my job. That's all I can do. Um, I, like you said, it, it, there's something in the air. I don't know what it is, uh, but it smells like K. Um, <laughs> and he's here. And and as much as our audience, right, they, they uh, you know, some people were given some backlash, you know, about um, not talking about college basketball. Well, the emperor of college basketball is dabbling in the NBA. So that has given us the, the, the lane, so to speak, to talk about this. And we'll talk about it from that perspective because I don't see the world in black and white. I see the world in Duke and Carolina. And Duke right now runs the NBA. You all see it. I see it. It's okay. You don't have to be on Carolina's side. In fact, you don't even have to pick a side. A lot of people just want to be in the middle, um, right? That, that's uh, the Merritt Morris, right? Meet me in the middle. That's what they want to do. But Mr. K ha has drawn a line in the sand. Adam Silver is helping him draw that line. Um, and I'm going to be on the other side of that line yelling um, until someone hears me. 
and, and someone can talk about it. Um, all right, that's enough on that. We get it. The NBA, K, it's all happening. Coming up right now, there's someone that is, uh, you know, someone I've looked up to as a Carolina person in the media. I call him the voice of reason on Inside the NBA. He, of course, is nicknamed the Jet, Kenny the Jet Smith, but he's a great interview. We were supposed to have a, a little bit more time with Kenny, but look, uh, these are the these are the things that happen to me. This media. is Hollywood, folks. This is Hollywood, right? He doesn't have enough time. He doesn't have that much time, and time is precious. So we got a good 15 minutes with him, some good conversations, some good questions. Again, the book is called Talk of Champions. It's great. It's like every chapter is about a different person that impacted his life from Michael Jordan to Akeem Olajuwon to Magic Johnson. There's also chapters about his kids, about his parents. I mean, it's a great book. I really enjoyed the read. Um, But coming up right now is the great Kenny the Jet Smith. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Now joining us is the voice of reason on Inside the NBA. His new book, Talk of Champions, Stories of the People Who Made Me, came out on Tuesday, May 9th. He's a two-time NBA champion, a three-time Emmy-nominated host, but most importantly, he's a North Carolina Tar Heel. Kenny Smith, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Go Hills. What's up, brother? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see you. And uh, we're going to talk about the book because I uh, I finished it yesterday. Um, a lot of great stories in there. Obviously, a lot of uh, legends that have you know been a part of your life. But we'll get into those stories. But first, I want to talk about the 2023 playoffs a little bit. I know you're obviously covering that uh, in depth on Inside the NBA right now. I wanted to ask you this because I think I think it's a little bit shocking. What's the most shocking, though? Is it the Warriors? Is it the Celtics? Or is it the Milwaukee Bucks who are already out of the playoffs? We'll start there. Of those three teams, they were considered the favorites going in, and right now they're not looking like it. I would say the most shocking is the Miami Heat. Mm. You know, the, their, their ability to play so well uh, this late in the season. They caught fire at the right time, kind of like an NCAA tournament. Right. Uh, typically, that doesn't happen in the NBA. You are what you are after 82 games. We kind of know your weaknesses and your strengths. You can't disguise them or hide them. But they've been able to, to kind of reinvent themselves in the last, you know, 45 days to arguably saying if they got to the NBA finals, no one would be surprised. Right. Right. And everyone's kind of buying into the Jimmy Buckets hype, right? We're all back on Jimmy Butler. And I think Jimmy, to me, kind of bridges the gap, right? We always see the conversations about old school, new school, you know, the old generation players talking about the new generation of players. Um, how how much do you kind of dive into that conversation? How much is that conversation something that you guys have, you know, on set with each other about the differences between the two generations? And how much are you enjoying a guy like Jimmy Butler, who is kind of more of an old school player, so to speak? Well, you know, I just enjoy the game, so I don't I don't really put it into the like perspective of that honestly. For me, it's about, you know, the performance and in, in the moment. Mm. Like I think that's what we talk about like can you be big in a big moment? You know, a lot of guys could be big in a 20-point blowout. But <laughs> right. but when you're down 3 and you and you and it's 40 seconds to go and Jimmy Buckets is talking trash like I'm like, wait a minute, you're down three with 40 seconds and, and, he, and he delivers. You know, being big in big moments is probably more important than anything else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about your book, you talk about the champions that are in your life um, and those guys talk big and a lot of big moments. And, you know, in, in the book, it opens up. The first chapter is about Michael Jordan, obviously a North Carolina legend, someone that you played with, someone that ended up giving you your tour on campus when you came down to Chapel Hill, him and Buzz Peterson. I thought that was a great story in the book, but I, I found it fascinating. The first line in the book was, I'm jealous of Scottie Pippen, and and I wanted to set that up for you. Why are you jealous of Scottie Pippen, and and where did that story come from? 
Well, Scottie Pippen was the fifth pick in the draft. I was the sixth pick. Uh, and then eventually a Chicago traded for him and moved up. I always knew, like, the one thing about being, I think, successful or good at anything is not only knowing your strengths, it's strengths is knowing your weaknesses. And I know that when I'm around someone with the personality traits that Michael had that I knew of in college, that it propelled me to play better. Mm. So I knew that Scottie Pippen, when his first couple of years, when he was getting headaches and when he wasn't thought of as a I don't even know if Scottie Pippen made first team all um, rookie team our rookie year. But I also knew that he was going to be able to be around the greatness of Jordan that would propel him to new heights. And I'm a New Yorker. I like people to get in my face and talk to, you know, propel me. And, and like, I'm, I'm cool with all of that. And, and it just, I, I was jealous that Scotty was getting it. And, and I was like, man, this dude is getting all of the good stuff, man. He's going to be a better player. And here we are. He's a top 75, top 50 player all time. And, I, you know, I do tribute a lot of that and some of that to Mike playing with Michael Jordan and his personality and his demeanor to help bring out the best in people in the way that I always found receptive. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned that bravado. And I, I thought one of the cool anecdotes in the book, you talked about you guys were scrimmaging against some of the NBA guys that came back in the summer. Mitch Kupchak, Al Wood, um, and Jordan had said to the group, class is in session. And, and you as a New Yorker, <laughs> you said you enjoyed that that kind of mantra from him. What was it like witnessing him back when he was just a college guy? And then obviously you took a lot from him being a freshman right on campus and learning from him firsthand. Well, I think the one thing, you know, when you're 17, 18, 19, there's also a vulnerability that you you speak with. You know, you're talking about things that you aspire to be, not that you already become. Mm. So got to hear, like, how he would quantify how he would reach his goals. And that in itself, and you see it manifest, gives you the courage to do it yourself. And that's what the book is about. I wanted people to, like, I always see, I, I read, I don't, I'm not sure if you do, I read a lot of self-help books, you know? Right. And, but it's usually from one person's perspective on how they got there. This is 15 chapters of successful people on how I observe how they got there and how I implement them things over the years that I wish I had at one year in my life. Like if I had all of these qualities in one year. And so that's what I tried to give you so you can feel better about yourself and go, oh, Magic Johnson does that. That's why when that did that, that worked. Michael Jordan, the, oh, I get it. Bill Russell. like, And then you apply it to your life. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those guys, uh, you called him the most honorable man you've ever met. His name is Akeem Olajuwon. You obviously won two NBA championships alongside him. What was something that, you know, Akeem, obviously you got to go read the book if you haven't. Um, there's some great stories in there. But what did you learn being with Akeem, you know, at that level and kind of being his right man, right, right hand man as his point guard? Well, I think the one thing that, you know, you said it, he's the most honorable person I know. Like we have, you know, you, know, you get that. You ever play that game where people are like, if you're stranded on a highway, who the first three people you'll call? <laughs> right. Like, I, I, you know, I'm going to call Akeem, even if I haven't talked to him in years, because he has a quality that sounds so simple, but it's so hard to achieve. He says what he's going to do, and he does what he's going to he, he does what he's going to say, and so that's a hard quality to keep because being that honorable in that moment and, and vouching for your word is very difficult. So as a basketball player, he does it, but even more, like if you said, I'm going to be there when, when that guy drives, like, but as a person, when he does that, it teaches you quality that you could teach your kids. Mm. You know, you're like, no, like I told my son, I'm going to be there and pick him up. I'll be there. Like, like I'm going to be there. He could count. Like that's the one thing that I feel like successful people out of the many things that are in the book, they know that they have someone that's so dependable, they feel a comfort to fail. Mm. 
Mm, I love that. And, uh, you know, talking about those Rockets teams, uh, there's always a conversation. The the what ifs that happen in basketball, right? We have all these sliding door moments of what if this happened? What if that happened? One of my favorites that gets brought up and I can see that it always affects the Bulls guys. Like I know BJ Armstrong, whenever I bring this up, he, he gets a little bit, you know, uh, kind of sits up in his chair a little bit. But people talk about what would happen if the Bulls had played your Rockets teams, right? With Mad Max and Clyde and Big Shot Bob. And you uh, look, you're rubbing your hands together right now but if we were to have this hypothetical uh Kenny what what would you expect to see in this series with the Rockets Akeem Olajuwon at the peak of his powers going up against Michael Jordan at the peak of his powers what would happen oh we'd win <laughs> we, we, I love we, it. We, like Michael Jordan was no 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 disrespect first of all I, I, I'm gonna quantify it that means he would have won eight championships mm-hmm. that, that's the, in a row that's pretty impressive. I don't in our modern era, we still haven't seen that. The other thing is, like we saw the documentary. Like there was dissension within those years. That's why it stopped. So Horace Grant was not there. Right. On the magic. So now he's on the magic. And and no one was saying that, you know, Michael Jordan was rusty when he was getting 55 points on the Knicks. So he was there that, those years that we won. One of those years we won. They lost to Orlando Magic and we swept them. But the reason they got they lost so mad, it wasn't because Michael didn't have greatness. They were just too small. So they had no one who could stop Shaq. And then they had Horace Grant beating the boards down where they put this guy on his shoulder, their shoulders afterwards when they won because they were just too little. So there was no Horace Grant. That team we would have beat. The next year they didn't have, there was no, um, the year after there was no Dennis Rodman. Now, if you told me the Dennis Rodman teams when they won three and the R.S. Grant, I mean, like, oh, maybe. Who? I don't know. I don't know if I'm rocking. But those teams with no no Rodman, no Grant, mm. our, team, our team was better. Like, not that Michaels wasn't the best player on the planet still, but he we've seen the best player on the planet at times not have the best team. Yeah, and, you know, obviously Bill Cartwright was a part of the first three-peat that they had, and Bill Cartwright wasn't at the same level, so that would have been the guy. That, that oh, you would throw. No. Yeah, right. No, not, <laughs> no. Not, not at that stage of Bill's career. Right. Is he ready to run up and down from baseline to baseline with Akeem Olajuwon? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, this is uh, getting into your broadcasting career. Obviously, inside the NBA is the gold standard. We all talk about how great of a show it is. One of the stories that I heard was was kind of fascinating. You and Charles were talking about this. But when Shaq first came on the show, is it true that he was practicing his DJing, um, you know, outside uh, during games at times? And, and you and Charles were kind of having fun, poking fun with him early on. Can you can you give me some of that background? Because I actually saw DJ Diesel one time in Las Vegas, and uh, it, was, it was a great show. Um, hilarious but it made me think of you guys on inside the nba oh yeah yeah shaq is a great dj honestly uh <laughs> but he was practicing his dj skills during <laughs> games and he had the you know the music is blasting all of the scratching it's impossible to pay attention to what's <laughs> going on at that moment so you know he's such a you know a knowledgeable person the guy who wins championships you know he understands the game so he could glance at the game and really get some really astute points at times. But on these, on one particular night, he's watch, He's not really watching. He's doing more DJing. And he comes out and he, and he says, let's say, oh, well, Kenny is not having a good game. And, and, and Charles kicks me and I kick him. And we go, what are you talking about? He's like, Kenny's not even playing today. Like, <laughs> so the player that he was talking about wasn't even playing. Mm-hmm. He was just going off basis off the history of what he knows and knowledge. And we just rode him. And from that point on, he had to like he had to take a backseat of deliberation on how he was gonna approach this job because most people wouldn't have called him out on it. Mm. And, and if they did, they would have only called him out on it for like that moment. We it was the recurring dream all night. So we would like saying, oh, like we would bring it, let's say the Nick game is on. Tonight, we would be like, oh, man, I wonder if Patrick Ewan's going to have a good game. <laughs> like, Patrick Ewan, he's like, he retired 20 years ago. Like, so we would just keep, we kept it going all night. And so you cannot get away with not paying attention on our show. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, do you consider that kind of the secret sauce of the show? Because, I mean, you guys obviously are poking fun at each other all the time. Uh, Ernie does a great job kind of controlling the chaos. But um, is that the secret sauce that you guys kind of have with each other? You have the the uh, the ability to poke fun at each other, right? And it's, it is no harm, no foul. It's the, it's the ability to listen. And, mm. you know, you most shows that I've been on that weren't, that when, even when I come on now, they go, you get 15 seconds, this guy's going to get 15, and he's going to get 15. We're like, why? Why 15? <laughs> then if someone has that 15, and they're saying, you know, we all take notes in our head or, or write them down. But if Charles says something that's either great or outlandish, I'm ripping up my notes. Like, no, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm listening to you, bro. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to either in, double down on what you say or call you out on it. And I think that's what we do, I think, different than any other show. We don't care if we don't get the, our point out if we're not listening to the other. Mm. One last question. I uh, I thought this was a great chapter in the book. It obviously was about someone near and dear to your heart. It was Coach Dean Smith. You talked about that recruitment to North Carolina. Obviously, there's a pipeline from New York to North Carolina dating back to Frank McGuire. But in general, what was it like to have someone, you, you compared him to Gandhi in the book. You said he is at that level, MLK. What was it like to have someone like Coach Smith in your life? And how special was that relationship still to you to, the, to this day? It was an out-of-body experience because it, every day was a life lesson. It was like, you know, you know how you get that oh, moment. Like it was like that every day. It was every day you 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 had an aha moment speaking to him. You know, we even if we had on our practice plan, so you'd have, you know, we're gonna do defensive drill number one, defensive drill number three, we're gonna do this. We had a defensive emphasis of the day, like make sure you help baseline, offensive, no turnovers in the backcourt. But then we have a thought of the day. And the thought of the day, you had to remember all three. Thought of the day might be like, never judge a man unless you walked in his moccasins of at least two moons. I still remember those things like, like they were yesterday because those thoughts of the day, that, 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 that energy allowed you to understand others and have empathy for others in times when you might not have sympathy. You might have, you have to understand their, what they, why they are the way they are um, and not just only the way you are and getting to your destination. You know, we, we, before big games, man, like Coach Smith would come in, it'd be we're playing North Carolina State, that school in Durham. You know who I'm talking about. We could be playing any of them. <laughs> and he'd come in and, you know, NBC, CBS, ABC, whatever we're on. And he'd come in and go, you know, there's billions of people in China who could care less about this game. Mm. Okay, let's go. All right, let's go. And that would be the pregame speech. And you would get a calmness about it, how like basketball, as much as important that we think it is in this moment, it really isn't. But at the same time, have fun, work hard, play smart and play together. That was that was that was a speech. Mm. Work hard, play smart and play together. And it's we walk out. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Um, TNT will present extensive second round and exclusive Eastern Conference Finals live game coverage. He is the great Kenny the Jet Smith. Uh, the book is Talk of Champions. If you haven't, go check it out right now. Some great stories in there. Uh, Kenny, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for talking about the book. And again, it was a great read. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. 
Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. All right, there you have it. Kenny Smith. Kyle, that was great. I mean, look at that. Look at us. Who would have thought? We got Kenny Smith on the show. He's telling some stories. Uh, again, I read this man's entire book yesterday. I wanted to talk for like an hour. Um, I don't think I needed to read the whole entire book yesterday, but that's how fired up I was. He's great. He's the best. And, uh, you know, if if you want to see um, the video of myself and Kenny the Jet Smith, we're, we repurposed it. This is what happens in media also. We repurposed this interview, some of it, for Through the Ringer. So you can go check that out. You can watch uh, Kenny and I face-to-face talking to each other. So a great interview, a great time. Um, I, I'm just so happy you came on the show. And look at us. Who would have thought we'd have such great guests? A-listers. Do you think biggest guests that we've had even going back to the first version of the show? Perhaps, right? Perhaps, I mean, like, right. The most people know Kenny, I think, like uh, out of like, I mean, we've had some large, some big coaches on and like former players, but I think uh, as of right, like who's the biggest right now? I think it's got to be, might have to be Kenny. Yeah, and Kenny's so famous right now that TMZ is following him around, right? I mean, I didn't ask him about Was this. that on your list? Your it was, list was, it was on my list. For the hour-long interview, it was on my list. I was going to ask him, what it's like being a basketball player versus being a celebrity because I always find that. And that was that, your in. And that was my in. And then he starts answering. And then I'm like, well, speaking of being a celebrity, How do you do what happened on the beach in Miami? Because <laughs> that looked very uh, celebrity to me. Um, but a, a great story. I, I was at the uh, NBA All-Star Game in 2020 in Chicago. This is before the world ended as we knew it. This is when I was still a young man. I aged like 20 years in the pandemic. It, it almost broke me. But before that, I had one of the best times of my life at the All-Star Game. And I was with BJ Armstrong, and we were talking to Dominique Wilkins um, late at night, you know, long day. They're just shooting the shit, talking about whatever. I'm just sitting there just laughing at everything, having a great time. We talked about being a yes man. That was me in that moment. Everything they say is hilarious to me. But Dominique Wilkins, the one thing he did say as I left was, one thing you got to remember, you got to work on your game on the court and off the court. And uh, King of the Jet Smith is obviously working on his game off the court. And shout out to him, a true legend. We love to see that. Um, let's get to shout outs because we're, we're at a point in this show where, um, you know, shout out to Kenny Smith, obviously, first and foremost, what a legend, but also in a more somber sense, shout out to Denny Crum, um, who just passed away. He of course is the hall of fame coach who led Louisville to two national championships in the 1980s. I mean, the guy goes to a final four his first year on the job. He, you know, learned under John Wooden, right? The pyramid of success dies at the age of 86 and, um, I mean, you know, when you go back in, in the chronicles of college basketball history, Denny Crum is one of those guys that he always comes up in conversation. I mean, he went to the Final Four six times, again, one in 1980, one in 1986, made the NCAA tournament 23 times in his 30 seasons. Um, you know, it took Louisville from being a Missouri, a Missouri Valley Conference team to the Metro Conference, eventually to Conference USA, and now they're in the ACC, right? So he literally shepherded this program from nothing to something. That's all Denny Crum. Um, he became the second fastest coach to win 500 games. Um, his nickname was Cool Hand Luke. He was very calm on the sidelines, you know. So there, there's a lot of Denny Crum conversations um, to be had. He's an icon. He's a legend. When I saw that news, obviously, I was born in 1993. So were you, Kyle. So we did not see Denny Crum at the height of his powers. We did not see him with the Doctors of Dunk go win the national championship. But I always knew Denny Crum was a pivotal piece in the in the conversation and in the narrative of college basketball. So when you see that story, you see someone pass away, you lose a legend, you always feel something. Um, and then I felt something even worse, Kyle, because I'm on Twitter, as we all are, and I see TMZ tweets, you know, RIP Denny Crum. And again, I'm like, wow, you know, TMZ, Denny Crum, celebrity, checks out, they would cover it. But then I see one of the most egregious mistakes I've seen on the internet. They don't even have a picture of Denny Crum, Kyle. They have a picture of Dean Smith. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is what happens. Do they look similar in their old age? No. Or, this no. is just like, <laughs> okay. this right. is literally as if whoever was putting this story together was like old college basketball coach, Google enter, and then just pulled a picture and was like, I hope that's Denny Crum. Wow. And it was not. It was Dean Smith who passed away in 2015, um, which is when I graduated college, which is a long time ago, eight years ago. So... I don't know. I saw that and it left a bad taste in my mouth. I saw some Louisville people were upset. Shout out to Mike Rutherford. He did a, I listened to some of it, but he did a nice podcast um, talking about, you know, Denny Crum and his impact on Louisville. 
Louisville was a top tier program all time. Like they, they, I mean, the jokes were abound last year. They were, I mean, they were a joke, right? I mean, it was one of the most ridiculous basketball situations we've ever seen. But Louisville was not a joke. Louisville is a top tier program. Denny Crum was a big part of that. Um, I just, I, I hated to see that was the way it got rolled out in today's modern media scene. So it made me sick to my stomach. I wanted to spend some time here to shout out Denny Crum. Uh, shout out to all the Louisville Cardinals fans. I know it's tough right now. I think better days are ahead. I, I like some of the the additions. Trey White, my boy uh, from Prolific Prep, who is uh, my boy MJ Rice's best friend from high school, went to USC. Then he transfers to Louisville coming in. Sky Clark, uh, one of my other guys who uh, committed or he was supposed to commit on Titus and Tate back in the day, but then he decided not to commit on the show. Um, you guys didn't we, have a big enough budget, huh? No, he literally, we were promised he was going to come on the show and commit. And we were like, uh, all right, Sky, now's your chance. Where are you going to take your talents next year? And he's like, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> oh, shit. That's crazy. <laughs> and it kind of uh, was a nice precursor for his uh, career because he ended up committing to Kentucky and then he decommitted and then he went to Illinois and then he decides to transfer midseason. He had some family stuff going on. So Can I ask one question about decommitting? Yeah, please. Is there like a three strikes you're out situation or you could just commit and decommit anywhere? Because I know there's like verbal and then there's signing. Right. But so if, if you sign something, you could still decommit if you don't like show up to a practice or something. Well, two words, force majeure. Um, <laughs> okay. I think in general, you, look, you can verbally commit a million times. Okay. I, I That's can, not even a commit, right? It's I, like, I verbally commit to social situations all the time. Like Bill's committed to going to my wedding, but he could totally right. decommit from doing that. I think I got to send him a side text. <laughs> um, I, I think that I'm going to have to ask him on the record, will he be there? Because I was telling you this uh, before we came in here. If Bill does not go to your wedding, it might not be the worst thing. And and here's my pitch. Because if he doesn't come... The guilt would be so The immense. guilt's so high that the gift is going to be so high. You know what I mean? <laughs> the more guilt, the better gift. And I think if he doesn't come to the wedding, you're going to get an amazing gift. Like yeah. five stars. I don't know what you want. Maybe a new car. Well, see, that's what I thought with Ryan because, but I, I, I felt guilty thinking about it and I didn't even give him the invite. So he did. So he had to like worry about it. Cause I was like, oh, Ryan's definitely not coming. That'll be a, that'll be a, like a top tier gift that I get that day would be a Ryan Rosillo gift. But I didn't even want to, the more I thought about it, the less I liked myself for thinking about it. Um, so I didn't do that one, but this could be the, this could be the honest way of getting that by having a wedding be on game four of the NBA finals. Right. Therefore guaranteeing Bill won't go. <laughs> I think uh, Bill's getting questions too. Like if, he, if he's available June 9th. <laughs> For like to tape. And he's like, shit. maybe. <laughs> he's yeah, like, I found it through the grapevine. He's like, ah, oh, we'll see what happens. That day. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's I think like, I well, got to think. Uh, I'm supposed to do something, but I can't remember what it was. It's uh, Shout not, out Bill Simmons. <laughs> yeah, not on the tip of my tongue right now. No, he's the best. And I do think that if he can't make it for the NBA finals, that you will get a good gift because, yeah. uh, you know, why not? Why not? In this world, why not give a good gift every once in a while? Um, that's what we expect. And so shout out to shout out to Bill Simmons. He's the best. He also is like really decorated uh, the Through the Rigger set himself. Like he, he, he asked me all the time. He's like, what do you think about this? And I came in today. There was a picture of Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. And I think like one of our connective tissue points is like Larry Bird is his Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like we we have the same affinity for one of these sure. all time players. And so it was like those guys going at each other. Um, and then Bill's like, you remember who won that game, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's uh, that's the beauty of it all. Um, but yeah, shout, <laughs> shout out. Shout out to good gifts and a good wedding. Um, also, shout out to the transfer portal. Um, talking about college basketball, Kyle, because the portal's about to close. Literally, um, if you're listening to this right now, the portal has closed. Um, say la vie, but don't forget this: there are wrinkles in the portal and in player movement. Well, tell me about it. Yeah, so here's one wrinkle that can happen. Say you say the portal closes, and uh, you know you're you're like it's all said and done. Nothing's going to happen. If a player sent in the request, the email, whoever, whatever, before the portal closed but hadn't announced anything, they're still in the portal, right? We Okay. Even if the portal was closed, we don't know what these these emails, you know, or what has happened behind the scenes. So there could be someone that announces on Saturday or Sunday, I'm in the transfer portal, and you say to yourself, wait a second. How could this be? I, I thought this door was closed. Is the latch not closed? No, it is open, and uh, they obviously got it in before. 
Now, another wrinkle as far as player movement. You're saying to yourself, well, the portal's closed. No more, no more movement. Let's take a breather. Let's take a break. Let's do some roster you know, assessments here based on what we know. If you are a grad transfer, the portal's never closed. If you're a grad transfer, you can do whatever you want. You can move abound. You can go take visits. You can talk to people. You can, like I said, you can move as you please because you're a graduate and you can do what you want. So I think we're not done, even though the portal is closed, even though we'll see, um, you know, a lot of conversations about this. uh, It's not over with. The grad transfers are abound. And uh, we have, you know, obviously some more players that have not made decisions, one of them being Jordan Dingle. Because your guy, Kyle's It's getting guy, real close. Yeah, he's getting very close. And I need this man to make a decision. As much as uh, we were kind of hyping up with Travis Branham uh, about a week ago, talking about what Rick Pitino can do, Rick Pitino is not going to get McKenzie and Baco, it sounds like. It sounds like this is the number, one, number eight player in the class of 2023. It sounds like he is between Indiana and Kansas. Um, well, that sounds like a mistake. Well, it also sounds like he's an Adidas kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? That kind of reads between the lines there. Sure. That's what he sounds like. Um, so he's not going to go to a Nike school. Yeah. Um, and those are the top two Adidas schools. I think Mike Woodson, I mean, Kansas, you never count out Kansas. They're top dogs. But I think Mike Woodson has an in with this kid. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes to Indiana. And if he does go to Indiana, I'll be ha- I'll be very happy about it because I think he would fit in well there. And anyone that defects from Duke, you have my heart. I mean, you know, like I, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. So, uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to that recruitment. Shout out to Jordan Dingle. I hope he figures it out. I mean, if you just look at Kansas, you know, and what they did in the portal, they got Timberlake, Nick Timberlake coming in. They got Artario Morris coming in from Texas. And they got, of course, Hunter Dickinson, um, which leads me to my next shout out. Shout out to Hunter Dickinson, Kyle. He's doubling down. Um, he, you know, they're doing the aggregators are, are quoting, uh, quote tweeting his podcast. They're, they're creating graphics. But he basically went out and said, um, I was not making six figures at Michigan. Um, now I am. <laughs> and now I am. And and sorry. He was like, sorry for having the courage to leave my legacy at Michigan to go get paid more. He said, sorry, I'm so courageous for doing that. It was, I mean, I haven't been gaslit like this in a long time. <laughs> I didn't even know what gaslighting was. until You finally I got it. <laughs> I, I didn't know what it was until Hunter Dickinson, I guess, uh, showed me what it is. But uh, yeah, he... He is now taking the approach of this is courageous of him. And if you don't um, commend him for this decision, then you're a hater. You're a doubter. Get out of his face. Um, And look, a lot of people don't like Hunter Dickinson, but honestly, throughout this whole process, I kind of weirdly have started to like him. You know what I mean? It, It feels like I live in the world in which as long as you know who you are, I have a respect for you. You know what I mean? You're not going to flip flop back and forth. Um, Hunter Dickinson obviously knows who he is. He he knows what he wants to be. He wants to be a, a conversation point, and he wants to get paid. And guess what? Kansas is down to pay. They're down to make you happy. They're also down to win games. So I uh, I just wanted to commend him. And I don't blame the Michigan fans for being upset, but also you had him for three years. You know who Hunter Dickinson is. You get it. You figured it out. And good luck. Caleb Love's on the way. Caleb Love is on the way. He cleaned out his locker. Shout out to Caleb Love. Cleaned out his locker at North Carolina. Sent some nice thank you notes to everybody. I actually feel really bad for the kid. Um, I don't know if he had a spot at Carolina next year. Uh, that that seems to be the, you know, kind of the, you know, read between the lines of the situation. But regardless, I, uh, I feel for him. He's a Tar Heel for life to me. I'll be pulling for him at Michigan next year. Michigan fans, you're going to be all right. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, don't fret over it. It'll be fine. There's also some, um, some rumblings that are going on out there in college basketball about Kobe Brown. Um, if you remember before the tournament, we did our OS peers, uh, players that we love to put a spotlight on. Kobe Brown is at Missouri. There's been some rumblings that he might be trying to transfer. I hope not. I like Kobe Brown. I don't want him to do that. I don't want his name in the portal. I have no inside information there. I just want to say that, uh, on the record. Kobe, stay home. How are we spelling Kobe, by the way? K O B E. Okay. Like the Kobe, way. Kobe. The way. The, the right. Not Kobe White. Yeah. Um, not Kobe Carl, who is the son of George Carl. They spell it like the uh, the C O B Y way. But um, yeah, I think he, there's some K O B I's out there, too. Um, so. Well, speaking of, shout out to Kobe Bryant, 
um, because Kobe Bryant, yet again, this is now started in 2020, obviously. Um, the Lakers won the championship in 2020 for Kobe Bryant until, you know, they actually won it and didn't thank him at all, which I found very strange. But 2021, uh, Chris Middleton was like, I, I did that for Kobe. Um, 2022, Steph Curry talking about the mama mentality and how much Kobe meant to him. 2023, we got Lonnie Walker. 15 points in the fourth quarter. He's 24 years old. And then after the game said he's doing it for Kobe Bryant. So um, back on track. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Kobe Bryant. Um, the impact is obviously abound. Even Clay Thompson. He didn't play great in L.A. But before they came down to L.A., Clay Thompson said that he was coming here to to play on behalf of Kobe Bryant. Um, so I always talk about like impact. And I, that's why I think Steph Curry is going to be such a conversation point for so long. LeBron James, obviously, we know about his impact and the conversations, but Kobe had such an impact on um, the current crop of players in the NBA that we even have these, um, you know, when the athletic does their polling of a hundred players, right? Kobe Bryant is one of the ones that gets, you know, pretty much overwhelming, uh, you know, love from all these players and, and gets boosted up as, you know, the GOAT, as the kids would say, the greatest of all time. Um, so I, I, I love to see it. I'm happy to see it. I, I'm happy for him and, and the legacy um, that he continues to hold over this group of players. So shout out to Kobe. Um, one other big thing I wanted to shout out. It's not really a shout out. It's kind of a, let's call it a throw out. Let's throw this out there. Bob Huggins. Yikes. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Kyle. What the but, hell? Um, you know, Huggy Bear is someone that you and I, um, and a lot of, I mean, I'd say most people in college basketball um, have an affinity for. His nickname is Huggy Bear. Um, but we learned this weekend on the radio show in Cincinnati, you don't give a bear a hot mic. Oh, uh, uh, no. He goes on Cincinnati radio. Yeah, did you not see no, this, No, I'm not uh, going to like this, am I? You're not going to like this. I, I feel like I have to talk about it because it's like the the big news. Well, yeah, tell me about it. Okay, so what happens was he goes on Cincinnati radio. As we all know, Bob Huggins is former Cincinnati coach. There's no love lost between, you know, there's the Crosstown shootout, right? It's right. Xavier, Cincinnati. See no how love. that goes sometimes. Yeah, we, we, zip them up, Kyle. <laughs> zip them up. We all remember. Um, but anyways, Bob Huggins goes on the radio. Um, he's asked about Xavier. He calls them a slur uh, that I obviously am not going to repeat on this show because then uh, now I'm now all right, I'm I'll done. look it up. I'll look it um, up. He called them Catholic blanks. Um and uh, it was a, it was an anti-gay slur was, okay. was and was the uh, result of that. It goes everywhere. It's all over social media. Um, this is supposed to be, by most accounts, people assume this is going to be Bob Huggins last year, right? He has no high school freshman coming in. He brings in five transfers. Uh, it seems like his quote unquote last dance, right? Like what we saw with Coach K. But he says this um, immediately. Uh, I mean, not immediately, but, you know, within the hour, uh, they put out a statement. Bob Huggins puts out a statement. Uh, you know, he basically says, I apologize for what I said, yada, yada, yada. Um, the athletic director um, and the president of the university come out, um, you know, and, and they basically said, if any more incidents like this happen, he will be immediately terminated. Um, you know, and and that was that, so to speak. They take a million dollars away from his salary, so he goes from four point two million to three point two million, um, and you know his contract uh, will basically you know be amended from a multi year agreement to a year by year agreement, which goes back to what I said at the start of this, which is this is supposed to be by all accounts his last year. But I wanted to talk about this because Huggy Bear and the caricature of Bob Huggins and all that sort of stuff. It's just going to have a different tone. Um, we can't be talking about Press Virginia and, you know, how much fun Bob Huggins is anymore. It just kind of just takes a little bit of the air out of the balloon, Kyle. So I wanted to flag that for us. I wanted to say that it, it was a very unfortunate situation. I can't believe that he actually said that on the radio. Um, I mean, but Huggins is a 69-year-old man. He knows what he says is going to have consequences. Obviously, this is going to have some major consequences. I'm pretty shocked. Um, that he is not fired, to be quite honest, in today's age. Um, but again, he is a Hall of Fame coach. He's been at West Virginia. He kind of is the Pope of West Virginia at some level. Um, but like I said, Kyle, our Huggy Bear jokes, maybe we leave them, we, we put them to the side this year. You know what I mean? Maybe we, maybe we talk about Kirk Kreese 
and the players. Yeah, hey, I'll find a new guy. I'll just, if the right. roster's getting smaller, I, I mean. I just didn't want to get in a situation where you and I are chatting it up. and you Oh, know, when I'm like, hey, what's going on with Huggy Bear? Right, you're like, and you're yeah. like, oh, well. Like, well, there's something going on. That's okay. for sure. There's right. something going on, and it's not good. Uh, so we'll let that be. Um, couple more shout-outs before we get out of here. That was, a, like I said, that was a throw-out, not a shout-out. Um, <laughs> there was no shouting out there. Uh, shout-out to Dennis Rodman. Um, and his son, DJ Rodman, who transferred from Washington State. Shout out to the Cougs, by the way. I'm I'm a closet Coug fan uh, at this point. I love Muhammad Gay. He's one of my favorite players in the country. We'll talk about him, obviously, as the season you know bears out. But DJ Rodman played at Washington State last year. Really good player. And guess what he's doing, Kyle? He's transferring to USC, a.k.a. it's Bronny time. It's going to be Bronny James with LeBron on the sideline. It's going to be DJ Rodman with not Dennis Rodman on the sidelines, but it, they're in spirit. Um, maybe we get him for a couple games. I hope I was so. going to say, what kind of sports status is Dennis Rodman? I, I, I assume that he is, um, I assume that he's around, um, but <laughs> I, I also have assumed a lot of things that are not, not, not to be true in this world. I also, I mean, does he live in America still? Is he in North Korea? Like we have no idea. We'll, We'll figure it out. But again, the great Dennis Rodman, literally the great Dennis Rodman is going to have his son playing next to Bronny James. And um, I'm a sucker for second generation NBA stars. I'm even more of a sucker for third generation NBA stars like DJ Wagner, who goes from Milt Wagner to Dewan Wagner to DJ Wagner. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what that looks like. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, and that's what we want on the show. We want the connected tissue. We want the storylines. And to have Bronny and DJ on the same team, that's a win-win. Um, and we love to see it. Uh, final shout-out. Shout-out to the Transfer Portal. It did a great job in the offseason. Um, I know the window is closed uh, if you're listening right now. But as far as the entertainment of all of this, and you know, I mentioned Hunter Dickinson before, We've done a really good job of, of making this work. Um, it's different. Um, some people think it's dumb, um, but I think it's entertainment. And, and I think it has uh, created a new kind of power dynamic in college basketball that probably needs to be regulated. That's the whole job of the NCAA. But what do we know about the NCAA? They're going to do nothing. Well, I mean, they're just going to sit on their hands and see what happens. That's pretty much like, um, I like to think that they have a vision board that just says, we don't know. Let's see what happens. Um, and that's, that is the NCAA's mantra. That's what they're up to. Um, but we got a lot of great storylines. There's a lot of um, intrigue as guys are still figuring out where they're going to go, where they're going to fit in. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of um, interconference transferring, right? Like Matthew Cleveland now is going to be at Miami. He was at Florida State. Joe Girard was at Syracuse. Now he's at Clemson. I mean, guys are just moving all over the place within their own conference. So I'm excited about that. Shout out to the transfer portal. I know it has bad PR. I know some people don't like it, but here at this program, One Shining Podcast, do what you got to do, kids. Uh, if you want to go find a better opportunity, go do it. Um, and also, uh, I guess this is the final shout out. I have learned, Kyle, you know, you and I love the bag. Um, who doesn't? I think all of us uh, out there love the little um, scuttlebutt that comes out of there. I have learned in college football that one of the top quarterbacks was paid over $5 million to attend a certain school. That Holy is shit. That is the type of money. Like, I remember when I was in high school, Todd Gurley, who ended up playing on the LA Rams from, from Tarboro, North Carolina, his recruitment was going on. And there was all these stories about like what the what the price was, right? Is is it is it one hundred fifty thousand? Is it two hundred thousand? And then the rumor mill was that he ended up getting paid two hundred fifty thousand, and that blew that, that broke my brain. I'm like, what? Two hundred fifty thousand? He hasn't even played it down yet. That's incredible. We're in the we're in the seven figure territory. Where do you put that money? I don't know. And an IRA account? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how these collectives are doing it. I'm just telling you that I have a sourced story and this is not about anyone connected to North Carolina. Cause that's, you know, obviously what the, this is not someone connected to North Carolina, but there's a source story that one of these top quarterbacks was getting seven figures. So that is the kind of money. Can I get a 10 year gap? So we don't get too specific. Do you know in what, do you know what year this was? When NIL, the second year of NIL. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So this is uh, not this year, but the second year. So 
it will only go up, I presume. And what happens when, let's say, your head coach at your football, you know, at, at your school is making $2 million a year, <laughs> and then the starting quarterback is making $5 million for the eight games that he plays before he decides to sit out the bowl. And that is the world that we live in. It is fascinating. I talked about the power dynamics. It has to change um, at some level. And what happens when a coach goes to the press conference and he's like, this guy like smacked me with a stack of money today, you know, and said, get your, get your weight up. Like what happens when that happens? I don't know, but I'm going to be here talking about it on one shining podcast. That's for sure. That's a guarantee. Um, Kyle, any shout outs from you before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, quick one. Thanks to everybody that's covering my pods for the rest of this week. Cause your boy's going to ocean city, Maryland, baby going down to shore for uh, a bachelor weekend. So thanks to, uh, Steve and, uh, Kerma and Mike for uh, and whoever's uh, covering your Monday show because I haven't got that one covered yet. Oh, wow. so it might be Tate. So thanks to Tate in advance for uh, this is <laughs> this is the joys of uh, being able to be a podcast producer, right? Everybody people, thinks you people think it. that you just record yourself. They're like, you can record and edit it and take notes, right? And you're like, I mean, in theory, yes, but also what? Wait, what? What am I doing? Uh, no, that's great. I I wanted to ask you like how to how do you rank the ocean cities? There's a lot of ocean cities. There's Ocean City, New Jersey, which is where the great Michael Lombardi lives. Yeah, I'm a Long Beach Island guy though, so okay, um, you know, I, so you can't go there. I well, I just you know, I'd rather go to Long Beach Island if I'm gonna hit. A so Jersey if you're shore. a New York State guy like you are, you're just like I'm not going to New Jersey, no matter what they tell me. Like I'm not going. I'm not going to the to the pleasant beaches of New Jersey. Well, it, uh, technically, uh, it is a New Jersey beach, Long Beach Island, but um, oh you wow, know, it is okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, yeah, and there's like two, there's two New York beaches that isn't the Hamptons, and I, you know, I'm just I'm too good for those beaches to be honest with you. So uh, Connecticut beaches, but I, I would say I'm a New Jersey beach guy. Uh, I've never been to any ocean cities, never. This is your first ocean city experience. There first time asked to asked to, I just asked my buddy. There's like ten dudes going all from either New York City or Poughkeepsie. One of them lives in Florida. So like, could you please keep us on the eastern seaboard? I think was my exact words. So I didn't want. I, was that, I did that way. I got Vegas out of the picture. Yeah, and like every, hopefully I was like the idea was most people could drive. I would fly, and he picked a place I can't fucking fly into. So uh, <laughs> where do you where do you fly into? I'm actually flying into JFK. Because I got talked into this harebrained scheme of like, we'll have a quick, we'll have a quick like reunion car tour, like a car road trip before we get with all the New York City kids. So like a bunch of us haven't been in the same room together since uh, basically since I moved out here. Uh, so we're we're gonna be all in the same car for five hours after I get off of a, a six hour flight. So um, that's what I'm doing tomorrow, leaving tonight at 11 p.m. That's dedication. <laughs> on a red eye. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This yeah. is uh this is what we love to hear. Um, this is what you deserve. You don't get many breaks out here because you got Bill Simmons, you got Ryan Rosillo. I basically I get the summer after after the NBA, and I fucked everything up because uh, weddings on on uh, on June 9th, game four. So maybe I did that subconsciously on purpose, right? So I was like, oh, you gonna give me this break, right? You gonna need a break, <laughs> and uh, I just hope to God he doesn't call me. I uh, <laughs> I was telling you, I still wake up in a cold sweat some nights where like Bill has called me, he's like, you missed an edit. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> uh, yeah, every once in a while he'll send me like a thing. He's like, I just did a monologue. Put it up right now. And I'm yeah. like, wait, I really have to listen to this. Like, there's no edits. There's I'm no like, time. Bill, I really got to listen there's to no this. There's no time. Put it up. Like, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of you and I. We uh, we are the fastest guns in the West when it comes to editing, uh, for better or for worse. But uh, that gives some context uh, to some people out there because, you know, the haters, the haters love to talk. So uh, I'm excited for you. I'm glad you're going to have a vacation. I, uh, I, I hate that you have to edit this podcast before you leave, but this is your last act. And when you're done, you move on. And then hopefully Monday, Kyle Mann uh, apparently is going to be out in Los Angeles. So we're going to be face-to-face in person. Yeah. If we can find a producer, we will record a podcast, the two of us, uh, in LA. We'll talk about the draft lottery. Um, it's going to be a jam-packed week. Again, thanks to Kenny Smith for coming on the show. Thanks to everybody that's tuning in and listening during the offseason. We got a lot more good stuff on the way. A lot of good, a lot of good guests this summer. Uh, we got Kyle's wedding coming up. We're going to do a show from New York. We're going to see, uh, does he have cold feet? Is he testing the waters? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about all that sort of stuff. It'll be fun. Uh, again, this is One Shining Podcast, and we will see you on Monday. <laughs>